0: Hello everybody, this is Nikita and welcome to Know the Truth Podcast. Know the truth and the truth will set you free. This podcast focuses on who we are and what belongs to us in Christ Jesus. I'm so glad that you're here. But before we dive in, make sure you subscribe so you could be notified when I upload, which should be on every Tuesdays. Yeah, every Tuesday. And also follow Know the Truth Podcast on Instagram to stay up to date. With all that said, let's get into the Word of God. Requesting someone to follow you has become very easy and common these days. It is done with just a tap of a button. But when God asks someone to follow Him, there is a deeper connection and meaning to that phrase. When God asks us to follow Him, He did not just tap a button or just send an angel from heaven to convey the message. But He has done greater things for us on our behalf that we humans don't even deserve. And after He prepared all those wonderful things for us, He then asks us to follow Him. This follow request from God is very different, special and powerful. And in today's episode, we're going to look at what does it mean when God asks us to follow Him and what are the things that He has done for us before requesting us to follow Him. For this, we are going to look at how God Jesus asked His disciples to follow Him and we are going to go through all the books of the gospel to know the truth. Sit back and listen carefully because even you have got a request from God to follow him. Yes, God has requested you. I can tell that because his invitation and request is open to all of us because we are his creation and he is our creator. In Matthew chapter 4 was 18 and Mark chapter 1 was 16. It says As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, Mark chapter 2, verse 14, and Luke chapter 5, verse 27 says Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name Levi sitting at his tax booth. In all the three Gospels, the word saw has been used. And this word saw is really important. And we get to know the importance of the word saw when we read John chapter 1 from verse 47, where it describes about the calling of another disciple named Nathanael. Verse 47 When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Verse 48, How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. In Psalm 139, David says, For you, O God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. He says, Your eyes, O God, saw my unformed body. So here's the first point. God saw. When God asks you and me to follow Him, He means He saw us. God is not a random person requesting you and me to follow Him. He is the one who created us, He knows us, He saw us, and He is personally related to us. He saw our weaknesses, our unfaithfulness, our mistakes, our failures, our inabilities, the way we live, yet God who is most holy, God who is most worthy of praise and honor, has requested you and me to follow him. He knows that we are in no way worthy of following him, yet because of his unfailing love towards us, he saw us. The psalmist says, even though the Lord is high above, he sees the lowly. So to tell you the truth, when the scripture tells us that Jesus saw Peter, Andrew, Levi, Philip, and Nathanael, he did not just see them. But there was a deep purpose, a deep relationship in his sight. Take the example of Hagar. When Hagar, a servant, was ill-treated and deeply troubled and wounded by her mistress, the word of God says that she fled from her master's house and she wandered in the desert. She had nowhere to go and nobody to care for her. Having no strength, no hope, no future and no way to survive, the word of God says, The angel of the Lord found her. He saw her. And the story does not end with that. It says, After he saw her, he showed her the direction for life. He gave her a future. He blessed her and gave her hope. In Genesis 16 verse 13, look at what she says. In verse 13 she says, I have now seen the one who sees me. She says, you are the God who sees me and I have now seen the one who sees me. I have now seen the one who cared for me. I have now seen the one who has been watching my life. I have now seen the one who saw me. When you get to know the one who knows you, when you get to know the one who sees you, you get to experience a new life filled with the blessings and goodness and unfailing love of God who saw you. I pray that the Holy Spirit open your eyes and fill you with the knowledge of God who saw you. And now back to the story of the disciples. When Jesus saw them, He revealed Himself to them, that He was a God who knows them personally, who was personally related to them and who saw them long before. And then what did He do next? Matthew chapter 3, verse 21 says, Jesus called them. In the Gospel Mark, it says, Jesus called them without delay. I love that God does not delay in anything. And He does everything beautiful and perfect in His timing. And He wants us to trust in Him, in His timing. And this comes when we have a deeper relationship with God. I know it is easy said then done. But I encourage you that God who calls them without delay will never delay in our situation. Amen? Okay, so in other verses, it says, Jesus said, come, he called them. So here's the second point. God called. What did Jesus call them for? Well, if we focus and understand the disciples' reaction to God's call, we get to know what God called them for. Matthew chapter 4, verse 20. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Verse 22, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Luke chapter 5, verse 28, and Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Now, what does this mean? What was God calling them for? When you just picturize the scripture, the disciples left what they were doing and moved forward. In other words, they left the past Life, the past way of living, and they moved forward to follow Christ because God called them to live a new life, to live a godly life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 says, For God did not call us to be impure but to live a holy life. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Peter, by the way, who was called by God, who experienced God's calling. He says, you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. He says, we are called to inherit a blessing. The blessing that comes from living the new life that God has for us. In Philippians 3, Paul says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I want to make sure that I live the life that God has called me to live. And for that, in the next verse, he says, I do one thing. I forget what is behind. I leave the past life. I leave the life of sin and captivity and move forward to follow Christ. God has called each one of us to live a holy life and a holy life means a special and a divine life, a purposeful life, a life that is worth living, and to live such a life, to accept that calling. Hebrews 12:1 says, "Let us throw off everything that hinders us, let us leave behind everything that hinders us, and the sin that so easily entangles so that we follow Christ and fulfill his calling. And that is what the disciples did and that is what God calls us for, to live a new and holy life. Now back to the story of the disciples. So after Jesus saw them and made himself known to them, the disciples realized that Jesus was not just a popular person but that he was personally related to them and that he had cared for them and saw them and had chosen them even before the creation of the world. So after they realized that Jesus was personally related to them, they got introduced into the calling of God. And after Jesus called them to a new way of living, a new special and a purposeful life, he did something beautiful and powerful. We get to read about it in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him. So after Jesus saw and called his 12 disciples, the scripture continues to say, that he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and illness. In Mark chapter 3 verse 13 it says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted and they came to him. He appointed 12 that they may be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. So here's the third point. God qualified. We humans are not qualified. We are not worthy of God's calling. We by ourselves cannot live the new purposeful and holy life that God has called us for. We are not worthy to do God's will and purposes because we are unfaithful. We are filled with sin. We cannot overcome temptations. We cannot live the holy life. We are weak. But because of God's great love for us, he gave his only son Jesus Christ as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And he took up our sins, our weaknesses, our failures, our inabilities, our shame, our guilt. And Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 says, He took it all away. He took it all away and nailed it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And because of that, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 says, Give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saint in the kingdom of light. We are qualified, and since Jesus triumphed over them by the cross, We do not move forward to follow Christ to get victory over sin and our weaknesses. But we move forward to follow Christ from the place of victory. Amen? We are already made qualified to follow Christ. We are already made righteous. We are already made holy. And since we are made holy, it is no longer hard to live a holy life. If we read Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 onwards, we get to understand the whole sequence. Let me tell you the sequence. It is God saw, God called, and God qualified. So verse 9, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew or Levi sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, he called him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Verse 10. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Verse 11. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 12. On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. Verse 13, Jesus says, For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. There is no one who is righteous. The Bible says that everyone have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But here is the good news. Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Sinners, in other words, he says, I have not come to call the qualified, but I have come to qualify the called. We are known by God, we are called by God and we are qualified by God. This is how God requests us to follow Him. He does not give us a list of do's and don'ts and ask us to follow Him. Instead, He gave Himself for us. He showed His love for us on the cross. He saw us. He called us out of darkness into His marvelous light and he qualified us and then he asks us to follow him it does not end here because he also helps us follow him he also helps us follow the way of life he helps us live a holy and purposeful life before I end this episode let's take a look at Luke's gospel where he describes the whole picture on how God requested Peter to follow him. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 onwards. Verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding round him and listening to the word of God. Verse 2. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Verse 3. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon Peter. Let's stop here for a moment. When verse 2 says, Jesus saw Peter washing his net, we need to remember how Jesus said to Nathaniel, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. With that in mind, we need to understand that Jesus did not just see Peter washing his net. He saw Peter the previous night while Peter was working hard to catch a fish but failed. Jesus saw the failure, he saw the sorrow, the pain, the discouragement that filled Peter's heart as he was washing the net because of the failure that he had the previous night. And Jesus, who saw that, because he is a God who is filled with compassion and love, verse 3 it says, Jesus got into the boat belonging to Peter. Our God does not just see us suffering. He makes an effort to come into our life. He intercepts our life, our situation, to bring about a change in it. And then in verse 3, it says, He asked him to put out a little into the shore. When God asks you and me to put out a little effort, when God asks us to show a little love, when God asks us to give him a little of our time, let's not ignore it. Zachariah 4, verse 10 says, Do not despise the little beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The little beginnings. Things that God asks us are the beginnings to something spectacular that God has for us. And continuing with verse 3, it says, Then Jesus sat down. Once God has entered your life, once God has started to work in your life, He will never leave you. He will make sure to finish what He started. Malachi chapter 3 verse 3 says, He will sit As a refiner and purifier of silver, he will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. When God sits, he sits in our life to refine our life, to purify our life so that we live a holy and victorious life that God has for us. And then the scripture says, he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Jesus began to speak the word of God, the word of life that has the power to transform lives, that pushes away fears, that pushes away failures as it brings faith and hope. And verse 4 says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Notice how God first asks Peter to put out a little and then he asks him to put out into deep water. Because God knows and understands that Peter was feeling down because of his failure. So God, after strengthening him and encouraging him by the power of his word, he then said to him, put out into deep water water, because I have given you the strength that you need through my word. What a loving God we have who understands us and who cares for us. Amen. And now verse 5, Simon Peter answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Peter, you need to know that Jesus saw you work hard the previous night. Jesus saw you fail the previous night. But now, if God who saw you fail has asked you to try it out again, you need to know that you will not fail this time. Because yesterday, you worked with your strength. But today, God who saw you, God who called you, God who qualified you, is with you. He has entered your boat. He He sat down in your boat to work with you, to refine you, to strengthen you, to give you victory, to give you a new life that he has prepared for you. And now, verse 6, when they had done so, they caught large number of fish that their nets began to break. Verse 9, he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And now look at verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. I am not worthy. I am not qualified to receive your goodness, your love, your calling. For I am a sinful man. Verse 10. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish For people, he says, You have a future, you have a good life ahead of you that I have prepared for you. Don't be afraid, you need not feel insignificant and guilty, for I who saw you, I who called you, I have also qualified you. From now on, you need not strive hard for nothing. You need not stress yourself out. You don't have to live in your sin. You don't have to suffer in your guilt. You don't have to live in your failures because I am your God. I am personally related to you and I saw you and I called you for a special and a purposeful life and I qualified you. And now, I request you to follow me, to live a life of freedom, of worth, of satisfaction. Just follow me. So friends, since we have a new and living life opened for us through Christ Jesus, let us draw near to God and follow Him with our whole heart. Amen? So this is the truth for today's episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all this truth. Give this podcast a good rating and share it with your friends so that they too get to know the truth. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast and I will see you in the next episode. Bye!